0: What's going on, good people, man? Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur. So I got my co-host, Andre, with me, and we got a special guest, (laughs) Matt Lyles, with us. So, man, once again, um, uh, the podcast is called First Generational Wealth Builders, where we're going to focus basically on dope entrepreneur stories that are centered around real estate, as real estate is one of the engines that we have used to build wealth. And so we want to have those conversations in front of you, to empower you and basically build a community of just dope investors and dope entrepreneurs doing their thing in the city. So from there, man, um, welcome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Got you. Got you. So, man.
1: Unexpected type. You know? yeah, it <laughs> man, happens like that sometimes, you know? right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, I appreciate you showing up, like, on the a, on a call, too, man. Yeah, I appreciate no it. So, question for you, man. If you could introduce yourself to the people, like, you know, who is Matt Lowes?
1: Uh, just a, the dude trying to make it in life, really. Um, okay. with this real estate, um, I own Live Construction Group. Uh, we build new construction and we do rehabs. Um, right now, I'm only doing. I'm not for hire. I'm only doing work for myself. Um, that's all I've done, you know, so far in this business. But you know, we're trying to level up. So that's what's up, Matt if I can, you talked
2: a little bit about when we were off camera, um, I I put something out there and you agreed with it, but I want you to tell the story about the book, right? That's where I'm going. But, um, I asked this question offline. I asked Matt, um, is a house to you like a canvas to an artist pick up from there with how you reacted to that and tell us about the book that you, that kind of helped you really get started in this whole uh, journey.
1: So it definitely is. I mean, from an artist perspective, yeah, I walk into the house, it could look like, you know, trash to everybody else. But I'm gonna dissect it and figure out where I can do this and do that and just make it make sense for the modern family, 'cause, you know, these older houses, you get a four bedroom, one bathroom. You know, people these days they're not trying to share a bathroom. That's just, you know, it's just not it's just not they not gonna buy the house. Yeah. You know? but people not gonna be happy with the product. So um but yeah, he asked me about um, just coming into basic construction. Right. And I really couldn't answer the question on how it got started, but I came across an old um, autobiography that I wrote in third grade. We had a school project where we had to write three different books, and one of them was autobiography. And in that book, you know, I actually put that I wanted to build houses, so it's just kind of crazy how mm. you know, how that worked out. Spoken yep. into existence, yep. huh? Yep.
2: And so that's key from an entrepreneurial perspective for everybody out there, right? It, it's not that you always start with this master blueprint. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might start uh, with writing it down in a book and it takes you 10, 15, 20 years to come back and realize, wow, I've been working on this all along. I didn't yeah. know. Absolutely. So for everybody out there, don't be so hung up on trying to get it right. Sometimes it may just be jotting down an idea, walking away from it, and coming back and realize you've been living your dream the whole time.
1: Yeah, always.
0: That, though, you know, you got to put some action behind it. you know? <laughs> For sure. Uh, just, sure. you know. No question. So, yeah. since we talked about third grade, that was a crucial, like, the crucial time in your life, man. Yeah. Tell us about what happened in third grade.
1: So, it was, it was one of those things where I wanted kind of what the other kids had. Like, mm. we had, I would say that My family, like my actual household, we probably were the breadwinners of the family as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, my parents kind of took care of all the other families within the family. Gotcha. So we still weren't as privileged as we could have been, right? right? So I just wanted more. You know, I wanted, I wanted the, the shoes, more shoes, more clothes, other stuff that other kids didn't have. So. Asked my father for fifty dollars um, to go to the grocery store and get some candy, yeah. and make some money. Mm. Ended up selling it, made like a hundred bucks. Never did it again, but <laughs> that's just that's just kind of like the start of like yeah. me wanting more. Yeah, you know. And then that led into fourth grade, same situation. Couldn't get nothing that I wanted for Christmas. Whole Christmas list. We had the JCPenney catalog where you, you know circle everything. Yeah, that's old yeah, school, right there. Everything. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get nothing, but I got a big box of Pokemon stickers and cards. Oh. I just took that whole box of school and sold it. Wow! You know, I probably made like five hundred dollars in yeah, fourth know. grade. Like people just giving their dollars. Like yeah, you know. But gotcha. It, it, I just I've been a hustler. Just you know what I'm saying? Just grinding for wanting more for myself. You yeah. know, because I, I ain't want to depend on you know my parents for everything.
2: That's it. See, you call it hustling, right? In our community, we talk about it as hustling. Um, one of the things that I, I I really stood out to me in the last two or three years, I read the book on Steve jobs. Mm. And, um, in that book, it talks about how early on, because of where he lived, there was a lot of work going on to put uh, people on the moon and try to get to space. Mm. So he had early exposure to computers and how computers were built that early exposure, now we know, right, Mm -hmm. turned into Apple and all these different companies. So what you call a hustle is really common with his experience, right? It's early exposure to an idea, and that early exposure, yours being entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. his being computers, for him it turned into product design, to you it's turned into a construction company, right? So I only bring that up because it's really important that those childhood dreams we remember, because as we get older, those things can actually come to fruition. You talked about manifesting them, right? That's that's huge in our community. Sometimes we end up working and trying to find a job or trying to make ends meet. You got to do that. But beyond that, we can't give up on our dreams because that's where you start to really get into overtime. Yep.
0: Gotcha. So when we was talking, man, time flew and then you was just like, you know, uh, you got a family business. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um. So...
1: Essentially, my, and like before I was born, like 88, 89, something like that, I believe, um, my great uncle, my grandmother's brother, he started a professional beauty supply in Gary. Um, <clears throat> and they they ran that company for years and then they went to retire. And based on things happened with the company, when they left the company to I believe his grandson, um, that things were kind of going wrong. So they came back into the company to take over. I'm 14 at the time, and I'm obviously looking for money. So I asked my grandma, hey, can I come work down there and just stock the shelves, just help out? She like, we really don't have the money, but I just pay you out of my pocket. I didn't care. I just want to make some money. Right. You know, so that kind of led into essentially me just taking over. You know, it turned into me learning payroll, learning taxes, learning how to order this product, learning how to drive a forklift to get the product off the off the back of the semi. You know, just... All these different things just to keep the business rolling. Right. Got gotcha.
0: you. Before we go too far though, like, you know, how many people did the company, you know, have employed? So at the
1: time, it was really just me, my grandmother, and my and my great uncle, and then my grandfather, um, who was just really again just come eighty years old, just coming just to help out and deliver products because we right. delivered to the salons directly, um, and we had like. Or the distributors essentially that mm-hmm. service other parts of like some parts of Illinois, some parts of Michigan, um, some parts of Gary as well that we didn't cater to. So still had to manage those people as well. So it was more of a B2B, business to business type yeah. of yeah. Um, supply. That, yep.
0: Understood. Yep. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yep. So it was definitely going straight. Uh, going to basically another business for them to supply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, hairstylists. Um, but then also us being able to supply these same stylists. What was
0: what was like, what do you think is one of the things that you learned during that time, in that period? From from seventh grade to to graduating high school? Like what did you learn? Um oh, I understood yeah. you, that you took up on the responsibilities, mm. but what do you think, you know, you took away from that opportunity?
1: Uh I think the biggest thing was how to deal with people. Um we had a lot of, you know, it's a lot of managing people's accounts, you know, people at credit accounts, and managing people's, you know, make sure that they're not messing up, you mm-hmm. know, losing, making us lose out, essentially. Um, but yeah, just learn how to just deal with people on a regular basis. You don't really get that, you know, in school, you're dealing with your peers, just your, your friends and stuff, so you never get to deal with adults other than, you know, your parents and the people in your family, but to deal with people outside of that, it really teaches you how to just move in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, just teach you how to have some type of character, you know, just how to establish relationships with with unknowns.
2: So when you say credit you know? accounts, I wanna make sure we're explaining that for everybody. Can you break that down a little bit? What do you mean by a credit
1: account? So a credit account is essentially giving in-house credit to these stylists to be right. able to, you know, purchase their product and then they can do, conduct the services and then pay for it at the end of the week.
2: Right, mm-hmm. so for everybody out there, right, when you talk about B2B relationships, there are instances where you can work on credit with somebody if you've established a good enough relationship, they kind of have a good sense of how much revenue you're bringing in, whether it's direct numbers or just a general sense. You can establish those types of relationships. Those are important when you're trying to get to scale as you try to grow your business. One thing that sure. you
0: said, though, that was key is it gave you the the personal skills to actually deal and manage people and or deal with relationships, yeah. nurture relationships. In that exactly. sense. And everybody today wants to be an entrepreneur. Oh, I know but nobody likes to deal with people. Exactly. Um so what would you about service. <laughs>
1: So
0: wow. what would you advise to somebody who does not like to deal with people but wants to be an entrepreneur? Uh
1: the honest best advice is to hire somebody else that can deal with people. <laughs> um mm-hmm. just because a lot of people are truly stuck in their ways. You can't, you know, you are who you are really almost from day one. You know, it's not it's not much that you can add on to a person you know especially when it comes to dealing with people like some people just don't have the you know they just don't have the interpersonal patience. skills yeah, That's who. you know yeah. they don't have the patience to, to deal with people so at the in the same token you can actually you know just have a conversation with people that you do know how to deal with it well mm-hmm. you know and take pointers from them and just try to figure it out because you know people come to me all the time like how do you sit in a room and just conduct this conversation with people that you don't know, like you've been knowing them forever. Yeah. And it's, it just, it came naturally for me, you know, but at the same time, when I think about it, and look back on it, it really didn't come naturally. It came because I was put in those environments where I had to adapt, you know? So I had to, if I wanted to be successful at this, I had to talk to these people and make it make sense. Mm. You know, and a lot of people, they only want the right now, you know, mm. if it doesn't happen right now, then, it's nothing to them. Gotcha. You know? The instant gratification. So, yeah, they want that that real instant gratification, you know. So when it comes to especially entrepreneurship, right now, that's what everybody wants. You'll see how many people that you personally know that started a business and it was done in two months mm. or six months. I'm sure you know a lot. <laughs> you know, just because, yeah, because they wanted to blow up overnight, Right. you know, instead of putting in the work, whether it be with getting the product, managing the inventory of that product, um, dealing with people, they- The first person that pissed them off, they like, I'm not dealing with this no more. I don't want to deal with people, you know. So to go back to the point of how to grow and to learn to deal with people, you know, either you find somebody to do it for you, like you behind the scenes and they doing it on on the front side, or you just have good conversations with people that you know are are good at it, you know, and learn from them.
0: Understood, understood. So I have a question for you. Um, Did you go to college? I did not.
1: I did, but not really. You know, I went for like a semester. Okay. Then dropped out. Then went for a semester and dropped out. Gotcha. So, yeah, not really. And the reason it wasn't I wasn't asked wasn't
0: really for me. I asked because you know I was telling Andre in a conversation prior to you coming in, like you know trades are what's – where it's at right now. Like true, people are true. winning with the trades, and yeah. they are in essence, you know, to an extent, depending on what trade you have, your recession proof. Yeah, um, but like one thing that college teaches as I have different type of businesses what I've noticed is that you know those who have went through college and completed college teaches research because you got to research you know you got to find your way to complete your for project Sure. For sure. Uh, teaches patience um, because it's not going to happen overnight it's a four year commitment for sure. um, completion you know, a lot of entrepreneurs like struggle completing this task. Yeah. Therefore that's what stops them from getting to their end goal. Um and, and last but not least, it's just like, you know, like the hard work that it takes. Yeah. Like people like the whole the dedication. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know. It, yeah. And there you go. <clears throat> and sacrifice, yeah. Cause those nights that you could have been out at the bar. Yeah. You gotta do some homework. So yep. I say all that to say is today, if you had you have children, yep. um, but you had a choice to basically they could go to school for free or not, what would you what would you advise them? Um
1: it's really a case by case type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it just you know, I didn't go to school. Like I I made it through high school. I was kinda BSing a lot, you know, just yeah. Like I mean, I probably realistically could have been valedictorian if I cared enough to really care about it. But probably from fourth grade, it was about making a way, and school just wasn't the way. Yeah, um, so that was for me. But at the same time, my sister who went to the same school was valedictorian, and she went to Purdue, and Purdue paid her to go there. She yeah. never, she never came out a penny. You know, she literally got checks to go there. Um, so it just depends on on the path that I see them going down. Understood. I mean, I, I think it's just me being me, it's unlikely that my kids will want to go to college. Um, but I mean you never know, I'm supporting them either way. And if I gotta pay for it, that's why I'm in the position I'm trying to be in now to be able to put them through that. So they don't even have that that whole obligation of student, you know, student loan debt and all those things. I love it. You know.
2: So what do you think in terms of, of um what's next for you in, in the work that you're doing, like where are you trying to go? How big do you see what you're doing becoming with last with construction?
1: So for me there is no limit. Um I'm just put that out there. Um I don't I don't really have a ceiling um at all. If anything I just want to make sure that I'm freeing on my own time. Hmm. You know, so I have a project manager that I'm, you know, he's with me every day, you know, teaching him just so he knows my vision same with my main general contractor, just making sure that they already know, like I'm, I'm at the job site every single day, um, just to make sure they know what I want and what my vision always is. So that way, as we grow the company, they can start handling, you know, these multi different these multiple projects. And then I can be, you know, at home or on vacation or, and I know that my vision is still being executed. Being executed. Um, so for me, the sky's the limit as far as flips, like, I mean, we get to the point we doing hundred flips a year. I'm on for it. I'm on the team, know? bro. At um, that point, I'm on the team. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm on <laughs> for it. Um, but minimum requirements like I gotta get to hundredinals. Mm. That's just um, you know you what I'm saying go. like you know I I break have to break that down though. I like have,
2: people have to understand that why 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 that number? Why not ninety nine? Why not a hundred and one?
1: So, I mean, a hundred just always the ultimate number. A hundred percent. You know, okay. we, you know, we get into you know, that's, like, unimaginable, mm. you know, for most people. and I mean, even for me, even still. Like, if I start getting to 55, I might be like, okay, you know, we there. You know, yeah, we right, getting there, right. you know. But even still right now, it's more that there's no way I'm going to make that. Mm. But at the same time, that's the challenge to myself. Like, I got to make that. There you go. You know, so. All right, so you know.
0: let me take it back a little bit. Mm. So, um, basically, you're from Geary. What led you to move to Indianapolis?
1: Uh I saw no I saw nothing coming in, Gary. Like nothing was there for me. Nothing was there for me to grow. You know, and again, looking back, you don't really notice it in the moment. Like you just kinda go with the flow and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it there was nothing there for me. You know, um, something that my uncle he retired from um, R.J. Reynolds and came to be a part of the, my father's brother came to be a part of the beauty supply. Mm -hmm. And he was saying something he noticed was I just kind of disappeared. You know, away from just business and two of my my best friends got killed and they died in a car accident that year. And then I also lost other friends to shootings and different stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I was just kind of over it. You know, Mm -hmm. so in the, in coming down to Indianapolis, it started with, me and me and him was you got a phone book um for Indianapolis and I filled up the minivan and with product and started coming down here servicing the salons every weekend.
2: Okay. So you guys um, were expanding the, the family beauty yeah. supply into Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Um and then it got to the point where, well, we just gonna open up a store. Wow. You know, I did that for a year, made good money that made sense to open up a store here.
0: Yeah, brick and mortar.
1: Yep, brick and mortar. Okay. And yep. at
0: that brick and mortar, me as a stylist, do I come to you or are you still
1: delivering? Both. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we had, we actually, the store here was actually a retail store okay. as well as professional. So we had retail in the front, professional in the back. What time? What time from? Um, this was 2011. Okay, cool. I just wanted to follow that. Okay. okay. Yep. So, sorry.
2: You said you got to a point where you guys could establish brick and mortar. If you had to um call out one thing that got you to that success, what was it? What was different about you guys that got you to that point?
1: Uh, it was honestly just the catering to the to the customer. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to have all of their products available um, and then getting it to them in a timely manner. Okay. You know, but it still got to the point where I built up the relationships to where people would wait on me. I wasn't even in town and you know, they would wait till Thursday, Friday, Saturday to see Matthew and take care of them instead of them going down the street to, you know, Cosmoprof or I can't even think of. Uh, we had, you know we had saying, that creamy like, crack. Right. Well, but that's, that's yeah. the thing, right? So <laughs> yep, yep. You, you
2: talked about it from a Gary perspective and now I'm hearing the same theme here in the city, right? It was relationships in both instances. Always. Right? Yep. So you're delivering in a way that your competition is not by doing it hand to hand, bringing it to them. And that allows you to get your foot in the door. From there, you're establishing a relationship that allows you to say, Hey, I've built up credibility. I'm going to come back next week. Just give me till next week. Yep. Sense.
0: Questions sense. for you, man. Um, what happened? Is it is it
1: still open? What happened to it? So, in the beginning stages of it, I actually got a bone infection in my leg, oh, wow. in my femur, um, that started eating away in my femur. So I ended up having um, basically debridement surgery to you know clean it all out, and then they put me on crutches. While I was on crutches, um, just because it ate away so much of my femur that my leg would break just from walking. Wow. Um, so. Ended up, I still was running, still had the business going uh, where I had one of my friends coming back and forth, you know, from the Gary store, bringing product here, still making my deliveries. Um, The van broke down on the highway. Uh. So me, even with on crutches, whatever, I get in my car, I drive, because I actually went back to Gary, so my parents, my mom really, could take care of me, because, I mean, I had IV antibiotics every eight hours for two months. Wow. You know, It was like a real process, and I really couldn't do it by myself. And I not have anybody here to do it. So I, I was living here, but I didn't have anybody here to do it. So I hop in my car. I come down on crutches, bring my medical supplies with me to do it over the weekend just to get the vehicle off the highway because, again, I'm the boss. So I got to, you know, you know, it's not that easy to take care of business when people don't know what to do. Right. Um, So while I'm here, it's December, snowing. I'm walking down the sidewalk with my crutches, and my crutch slipped into the you know how the grass just a little bit lower than the sidewalk my crutch so just reflex i put my leg down it shattered oh um, so you know so that ended up me breaking my leg which then pushed back to open up it really didn't push back to open up the store but it had us hiring more people than we expected mm-hmm. um we were kind of paying them too much as well wow. and then by the time i came back We just started in a bad space and, you know, never recovered. So we just
0: went from there. What's the next step after that?
1: Uh, Next step after that, we closed the store. Um, I was somewhat still delivering, but I kind of fell back from it. Um, And I went to work at Best Buy. Gotcha. Which
0: Best Buy? Castor. Gotcha, so I worked at 231 over there okay. on 38th Street okay, cool. back in the day. Yep. You know, it's kind of <laughs> crazy how me and the guests yep. always have, like, similar That's jobs. Up, boy, at, yeah. <laughs> I didn't work at Best Got Buy. you what department so you working, in, yeah.
1: bro? So I started at the home theater, went to Magnolia, um, which is the best thing ever that happened to me was going to Best Buy, by the way. Um, I told you that. <laughs> so why do you say um, that, though? Why was it the best thing to happen to you? Because I had the small business knowledge and, and understanding yeah. and then I went to the corporate type of world of Best Buy so then I could apply both sides and I just made it make sense on, all the way around. I love it. You know, so You, this you learn lot t- a lot of stuff Yeah, you know, if yeah. you pay attention. The average person probably doesn't. But so if you pay attention, you really can learn a lot.
2: I want to pause there. I hear a lot of people that are entrepreneurs look down on corporate work. And mm-hmm. corporate workers that look down on entrepreneurship here. Both of you are saying go you got yeah. valuable lessons
0: yep. Definitely. from your
2: corporate experience yep. as you look at how that carries over into entrepreneurship. So for everybody out there, be careful who you're taking that advice from. Right. Because it sure. may not always mesh out.
0: What sure. I was telling Dre, though, prior to, to our conversation here was that I really got my business acumen from there. Yeah, like you could sure. put like there's so much that goes on so many departments oh, yeah, and yeah. like every department has a goal but it's there's one common goal too though but then like the monthly meetings the way they did the KPIs and everything yeah, allowed me to then understand when I came in the hair to really understand like you know how to how to break down my goals and get to that volume yep. Um, so like it was just like that taught me a lot and it's just coincidental that you uh, had the same experience so how long were you at Best Buy? Uh, six
1: years Okay, okay. Yeah, I really just, I went occasional seasonal last January. Okay. Um, so January 2020. And got then you. they actually, because of all the COVID different stuff, they actually just x out all the occasional seasonal. So I was really an employee up until a month ago. So you was just using so, a discount, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
0: I got yeah. you. I got you. Yeah, um, was there anything after Best Buy as
1: far as um, just um, working? You know? I mean, while I was at Best Buy, I also worked at UPS. Wow. Um, again store closing i got to make ends meet i got to make it make sense right you know and i got to keep you know just keep being me so yeah. you know yeah i'm best buy 12 to 9 ups basically 12 to 7 so and yeah. so this is like re- pretty yeah. recent then uh, a year and a half covid no nah, no nah, U- ups i was there for what a year maybe um and that was 2013 14 Okay, yeah. Gotcha, so. so yeah, my best buy is, yeah, that was six years.
0: So, mm-hmm. where did real estate come from? That's where I was getting to.
1: So, it kind of started with, um, like, what really put me into it was Erica's sister wanted to, you know, Eric, you know, Erica, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's his,
0: that's um, his, that's his, uh.
1: My girl, this
0: girl, yeah, you know, there it is. Say it right, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had yeah. to let him do that. So, so, <laughs> I'm not um, gonna mess that up,
1: yeah. So, we uh, we lived in like it's like a it's a subdivision that's full of cul de sacs, okay. So, there was a house at the end. Her sister wanted to move down here, and she wanted a house like ours, not not big, not small, just just right, just something that makes sense. She wants to move down to Indy from Gary. Um, Erica saw this piece of paper in the window and it's like you should check out the house just see what that paper is and so I go look at it it's a auction paper you know And the house is, I look up the property I do my research you know it's on me on auction.com so I go on auction.com and I bid and I get it um, hold on hold on hold on there's that's, 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 that's some steps in between there bro yeah. all
0: right so you saw the paper it's on an auction um yeah. So did you Google this what was the step that you, the, the, the initial steps that you took to discover the auction did they have it on the paper so,
1: Yeah it was it was on a sheet of paper um, just that it was going up for auction mm-hmm. and then I just went on probably Zillow maybe um, or realtor one of those realtor sites um, and it, it tells you that it's going to auction as well but it'll tell you where it's going up for auction at okay so it said auction.com so I go to auction.com I make an account it's right there.
0: How much was um, the house going
1: for? The house starting bid, starting bid, I don't even remember, it was probably like 30 grand. Okay, um, I ended up buying it for 60. Okay, so you um, bought that cash then, yes, all right. So,
0: um, if you don't mind me asking, did you have a savings? Did somebody so, lend you the money? So,
1: savings, so I actually had 30, um, and my father went half with me on, on the rest to get to the 60. Gotcha, and it actually turned out to be such a perfect situation that the house needed no work. I moved it. She ended up not moving down, actually. Um, but I ended up bringing it out for $1,000 a month, mm. and I didn't do anything but put the appliances in. So, like, so boy, you be about. skipping
0: up. Let me go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back. You're going straight for the head. Hey. All right, so check it out. So you got it. Pops went half with you. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to do title search? So to make sure that the property didn't have
1: any liens or, so or on it, I didn't because I didn't know anything about that at the time. Mm. No, luckily, so you probably should. have. You know, mm. I should have <laughs> definitely, but I didn't know. I was just trying to get the house, yeah. you know, because I'm trying to get it for my sister essentially, right? You know, right. So I didn't even that wasn't crossing my mind. I didn't, that could have hurt. If it, it would have went the it wrong de- way, it definitely could have. It definitely Do your title have. searches, people. Yeah, definitely. yeah.
0: So, so then, um, you um, you bid on the house. Um, did was there a competition for the home? If you bid sixty, there was yeah. Was it, it aggressive? It was
1: definitely back and forth. Yeah, it was a lot of back and
0: forth. Got you. What was yeah. did going in, did you have a ceiling of your bid? Like your top your max bid. Did you have that in
1: mind? It was sixty.
0: Oh. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. So had it been sixty one hundred, it was gonna walk on you. You was gonna yeah. let it go. Yeah, probably so
1: got you Probably so so, so it's okay hard to come come by money at the time you, know? got you. Not, <laughs> so on
0: auctions.com you know that's an online bidding system mm. um so tell tell us about like that process because everybody doesn't use auctions.com so tell us about that specific process like step by step what you had to do and then what's the, what's the auction like
1: so now it's completely different it's, it's almost non-existent just because there's so many Entrepreneurs, Um, you know, (laughs) in the world now that everything is more so like location based. Like they don't even acquire properties to be able to auction them on the website anymore. Mm -hmm. Cause stuff goes so fast to, you know, whoever just out here, you know, somebody's kid that who daddy gave him two million or whatever. (laughs) Um, But the process back then was essentially you you make a login, you didn't even have to show proof of funds. Uh, she makes a log and you start bidding. Now it's, it's you don't have to show a proof of
0: funds, yeah. but like, so let's say, for instance, we go downtown to the sheriff auctions. Mm-hmm. If I if I turn in a cashier's check mm-hmm. saying that you know it's sixty thousand dollars, that means that I could only bid up to sixty thousand yeah, dollars exactly on that online system. Like, that. but what if I didn't have the money when I win the bid? What was the, it Was you was will, there a penalty? You would be penalized. Yeah. What was the
1: penalty? Do you remember? I do not. Got you. Sometimes
0: here, they kick you out for
1: about a year or so. Yeah, for sure. Got you. You was just all luck in it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ain't (laughs) no wrong with it. Good timing. I didn't, yeah. timing meets opportunities. I didn't know what I was doing. Nice, nice. Again, I just looked it up, saw that it was a possibility to make it make sense, and as long as the money was there. What year was this? 2015.
0: Got you. So that was like basically your first acquisition. Yep. All right. So you didn't have to do anything. You got a renter in there. Did you manage it yourself? Yeah, yeah. I still manage my rentals right now. Oh, bro, so. they be calling you about the toilets at midnight? Yeah, sometimes. I can't do it. Yeah. I might be bougie, bro. I yeah. can't do it. Yeah, nah. You know, I'm going to pay that 7%. Keep that. Yeah, nah. You need that, huh? Yeah. I, I ain't mad at that. How right many rentals now. do you have
1: currently? Uh, four. Got you. Um, Actually, I'm selling one right now. Why are you selling it, um, though? Uh, Mainly to help the neighborhood that I'm building up um, as far as the comps appraisals and all that go, um, but also because I just want to get out of that particular property. Got so you. It, it was the first property that I ever did a full remodel on, and I'm, I'm not happy with the work um, mm. as it is as years are passing. You know, so I just want to get out of it before it becomes a real hassle.
0: So, you know? so basically, you 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 you've gotten better at your craft. Definitely. Got you. All right. So now I'm understanding that you got your first acquisition 2015. Mm. You're working at Best Buy. And UPS. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. So, tell me about your second acquisition. So, the second one was the house that I'm in the process of selling right now. Um, what I did was, again, I paid cash for the house. The house was still worth one hundred and twenty thousand. So, I went with my father and got a cash-out refinance. So mortgage on it. So, okay,
0: hold on real quick. You acquired it at what price, though? Acquired it at Sixty. 60 so then, yeah, what was the for ARV? House.
1: So again, it's a rental property. So they, they still, it was no remodel. It was just a cash out refinance. True, but if you got it, yeah. at, actually, you got it under price though. It's yeah, sixty. It price at one twenty. Got oh, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. that. I, I yeah. apologize. I missed <laughs> that. So
0: <laughs> so when you refi, basically you uh, refinanced the property, mm-hmm. but you took cash out. Correct. So you refinanced at approximately seventy five percent.
1: It was like eighty
0: percent that time. Oh, that's it, nice. Eighty yeah. percent. So eighty percent of one hundred and twenty. We're
1: looking about. I'll do math in public.
0: That's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> got you. You probably got out of there ninety five thousand yeah. dollars or so. Yep. So basically, you from that property, first property, um, basically, like got it and got paid like a flip in essence, yeah. yep. because and you basically, basically got the difference between sixty and ninety
1: thousand, yeah. yeah. ninety five thousand. And I took on basically a. $700 mortgage, mm-hmm. and the rent is 1000 Wow! So I'm still making money on the property, you know, and getting my money up. But, it, but one
0: thing that people do focus on when, when we talk rentals, a lot of people just focus on the cash flow. Mm-hmm. Lots of times they don't understand that you're currently from that property getting cash flow. Yep. You're building equity as somebody's paying the mortgage down. Yep. You're getting tax benefits from the property. And depending on the neighborhood, you're getting appreciation and the value of the property. Sure. Um, so today's
1: time that same property is worth like one hundred and fifty.
0: Boom. You know. So you could, so you could refinance again, yeah, technically. Exactly. And you know, but you don't want to do that. No. You just want to go ahead and get rid of it and get rid of the problems. All right.
1: So, so this, that was the, that's the the first house that I bought at auction. So this the money from that cash out leads me to the second house. Right. Right. You know, so the second property was essentially it was it was a duplex mm. um needed i mean it was two bedroom one bathroom on each side the bathroom was in the kitchen just oh wow. super weird um super strange and i had this money to obviously to shop with and i'm looking around trying to find something can't find anything for the longest and then i end up in the neighborhood that i'm in now by finding that duplex ended up finding having one of my guys he wants to go half with me just in, in real estate in general. And, yeah, we knocked it out, got it done, but it definitely was a lot of learning lessons. Tell me about um, some of those
0: lessons, man. That's 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 what uh, we need I, to – yeah, yeah. What did you learn the, in that the project? The biggest
1: thing was labor, um, not understanding that just – The repair like, cost? The repair cost, yeah. I mean, you thought – you think that it's going to be this – but then when you bring in, you know, jackleg type guys that don't know what they're doing, you got to bring in somebody else behind them to do it and somebody else maybe behind them to do it again. It was a lot of double and triple labor, mm. you know, on this particular property. Um, one of the biggest things that I learned was from a water plumbing standpoint. And a lot of people don't know this about old duplexes. If you have a property that duplexes, you know, 50, 60 years old, it only has one meter, which means those tenants are going to have to split that that water bill. And me, of course, I like to do everything right. So I couldn't have that. So I paid one plumbing company to split it, but they didn't do it right at all. You know, not even close. So that was like ten thousand dollars that was spent just for no reason. So then when I bought the actual water sewer company out, that was another ten thousand dollars, you know, to get it done right. So now you again you had that double labor where you should only spend ten but you spent twenty. That hurts and then you multiply that by all these other different things that were going wrong in the house, you know. So,
2: so let me ask you then, in, in project management, right? So now I'm going to get into the IT side of the world I live in. In project management, you always have your plan, budget, and then you have your contingency. Mm-hmm. Did you plan a contingency at all, or was it just kind of
1: no, nah, uh, not okay. at all? Okay. Again, that was just figuring it out as you go, trying to figure it out. Yeah.
0: And for those uh, who don't know what Andre's meaning by the contingency, um, basically he's stating that let's say the repair cost that he Initially evaluated was sixty thousand. He's given. He's going to give himself a ten percent threshold to make mistakes for the unforeseen. Um, uh, Meaning that now his budget, instead of being sixty thousand, is sixty six. I'm not sixty six thousand. Sixty six. Yeah, sixty six thousand. Because that's the ten percent added to it. I got my numbers all jacked up there, but I hope (laughs) y'all get y'all get the frame. Now, um, as you're, you learned a lot there and you're moving forward, what do you do differently on the next project?
1: Um, the next project, I get rid of those guys, first and foremost. <laughs> 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 um, nah, I, I kept them. Um, what I did was, I went from how I started, and this varies with, depending on the employees. Some people are paid by the job, some are actually paid by the hour, um, just because, again, I'm, I'm more of a custom um, type of builder. I'm not, Again, just to tear down and put it back up as it was, um, so I kind of I have no choice but to go hourly on some things. Um, but yeah, I just learned to let them bid out the job in, within my budget, and then that led to my next house where I actually made a profit on. You know,
0: so. how much profit you make on that one? Uh, twenty two
1: thousand, I believe it was. Gotcha. It was like a three month project.
0: Still working, still working at Best Buy and UPS. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, all right. Now, how are you, like,
1: managing people and working two jobs? Uh, I think that was my downfall in how all that double and triple labor kind of happened in the first place because I wasn't there. Like, I started, I definitely was missing work a lot, but not enough, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where I really, you, you know, the slack. where they felt like I was the boss, even though I, I was the boss, but if I'm not there, they don't they don't really feel that sense of, like, we got to do it this way. We Uh got to make sure that we're not just milking the clock, you know, because they could have just been swinging a hammer at the wall not hitting no nails, you know, Um, just doing whatever. So, yeah, I mean, slowly but surely, I definitely, you know, crap away but still was there, essentially, to the point that I probably should have been fired years (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> All again, right, so I, I build You a must have been some type so, of yeah. I mean, I, I was I was definitely a great salesman. I brought boom, in, you know, nice. if 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 you're bringing in again, I worked at Magnolia and then I went to Pacific Kitchen Home, which is uh, luxury high end appliances. So I'm the go to guy to talk to that millionaire that's spending, you know, twenty thousand on a the home theater system or thirty thousand on a kitchen package. That's just the role that I was placed in just because of the way I carry myself.
0: Understood. Understood. So today mm-hmm. you are now a full time real estate investor. Yep. All right. But, you know, you had you were juggling two jobs and, and and starting a real estate company. Yep. What would you do differently if you could give some mentorship advice to that person that's juggling the jobs and trying to get into real estate? That's tough. <laughs> I
1: mean <laughs> I love where I am. Um I'm not saying that. You know, I'm so saying like what would you do differently? Say. Um I would do more research. On oh, what? On construction costs. Mm-hmm. On, you know, what I should be paying someone um what this or that should cost. You know, that that would be probably the biggest thing that I would say. Just do more research. Cause I, I'm generally a research type of guy. Um I can almost predict what you're gonna say before you say it um just because i've already paid attention to you research you essentially so got to apply that same thing to the business and you know kind of know what's coming before it comes
2: how do you come across that information so if i'm brand new and you're telling me i need to be researching the construction costs where do i go to find out what it costs
1: uh you get a lot of basic basic like knowledge from um Doist or not Angelus, but Thumbtack, like you'll get a lot of knowledge just on the basics. But then also what's a part of research is getting the estimates from multiple people instead of going with the first guy that says, like, I can do this. You know, so if you got to get 10 estimates, get 10
2: estimates. So you might use the sites to get a general sense. Yep. Yep. And then that way, when you get your first estimate, you can say, Where I'm comparing this estimate against the general information that I got. Yep. The next estimate just gets you tighter and tighter on, okay, yep. here's what it yep. realistically exactly. should cost.
0: Gotcha. And hey, we got pause real quick. I feel totally disrespected that you asked that man where he get that information, man. You go to Eric Armstrong, entrepreneur to entrepreneur.com. You hear me? That's where you go to get that information, hey. man. Check us out. Yeah, that's perfect. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I got to ask you, did you research us before coming? A little bit. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. I was you know, I was, just I was
1: definitely looking looking a little bit up, you know, earlier today. I don't care what you found. You know, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 All
0: right. So, um, you got into a partnership. And you told me about a big loss you had. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Uh, tell the people so about that.
1: that was on that, on that property. You know, we ended up, that was supposed to be, you know, where we both came in basically with 100 apiece. We was supposed to be, that was the max budget, 200, turning 300.
2: Yeah. So you grossly so, underestimated. Yeah, yep. Wow.
1: And and again, I didn't know nothing about nothing. You know, for the most part. So I had to take that on chin. And again, I brought him into it. So I, again, I got a job, and I got my father who has a job. And man, take that on the chin, it, my dude. When, you got ran it over. It. <laughs> it is what a it is. hundred thousand it is, is it's, man. It's, it's, it's my fault. You know. So it is what it is. And I respect keep moving, that. You know. So, you know, pulled out refinance on the mortgage. I bought him out of his half and I made it into a rental property. You because know, it, it was too expensive for the neighborhood at that time. Yeah. Um so yeah, it turned to rental property, rent both sides.
2: You know. You said something earlier that I really admired and I wanna make sure people get a chance to hear kind of what your vision is. You talked about um bringing a certain type of aesthetic to the hood. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like as as a part of your vision, what is that?
1: So essentially, especially in the hood that I'm in and just where I come from, um, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't know what a double wall oven was or induction, a cooktop period. You know, um, you just didn't, you just didn't know what nice shiny tile was, you know, like a gloss tile. Like if you had tile, it was, some old matte green, yellow type weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just didn't know about big bedrooms or en suites um, Mm -hmm. for the the master bedroom. Like that stuff just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to be able to bring that to an area that doesn't have it. You know, and then try to be in somewhat reasonable price point. I'm still kind of expensive, but, you know, still (laughs) try try to be somewhat, (laughs) you know, like somewhat reasonable so that way people can enjoy you know the same thing that the rich people enjoy.
2: Yeah, now, I, I really like that that stood out to me just even in my own personal life right if I'm being honest I experienced two different sets of, of reality right so mm-hmm. early on I was born to 42nd and Post Road which you know is one community mm-hmm. we lived in an apartment we shared a bedroom we had government assistance and then we moved out to Geist and I'm seeing these beautifully manicured lawns and I'm like I don't yeah. know anybody that lives like that right Exactly. So it was just really dope to me to hear you talk about trying to bring that luxury to an area where it doesn't exist. Cause I think it helps our youth start to imagine themselves living in that type exactly.
1: of house. Exactly. Yep. And that's super important. I
0: respect that. On the back end of your work, you know, let's say you were looking for a project today, mm-hmm. your next project. What, what type of margins do you look to make per
1: project? Um, it's hard to say because I know people that will say they won't touch a house if they're not making 100000 mm-hmm. you know, profit. But me, like, so for me, I'm in this one neighborhood right now. So I'm not even looking. I'm only looking in this one neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, and I am always look at things from a value type of mindset too. Um, so if I can end up with, you know, 25 houses in this one neighborhood and I made 20000 on each one, I'm happy with that.
2: Are you trying to buy back the block? Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely. That, I, I want to be able to say that, I mean, my stamp last trust group is in every sidewalk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I want to be able to say that I changed this. You know, I want to be able to say that I put in the work to where my kids and grandkids can come back to the same thing and be like, my granddaddy did this. You know, like, I want that to really be, you know, important for them to know that they, again, can do it too or just continue what we're already doing with that same stamp. Gotcha now. Um, so from a margin standpoint, as long as I'm making a profit. you, got you. Well, you <laughs> gotta watch them because them deals get too thin on you. Yeah, you know, I mean I then I just won't buy it at all. Understood. So,
0: understood. Yeah. Well, uh, so what are the goals for your construction company? Now, now now yeah, yeah, let me go back. You got a construction company, but or
1: or real estate company. So I have loud construction group for the construction side. I have ML investment group for my rentals. So, understood. You
0: divided. Both. You took. Yeah. You separated the two yeah, for liability. My, my, my accountant
1: said this is what you need to do. Understood. So that's, right. You got that. That's, that's not my. That's not my field. So, yeah. gotcha. I'm gonna listen to to the lady. So hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> real
2: quick. That's super important. You yes. hired yes. an accountant. Yes. You got outside mm-hmm. expertise to help you with the financial sure. aspects sure. of managing what it costs to actually run your
1: business. Oh yeah, because it would be a disaster. <laughs> yeah,
0: it would be horrible. Now. Do you have any other mentorship? Um uh, no. Mm. Like no. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Um, do you uh do you see yourself partnering up with anybody in the future
1: to kind of help you scale? Uh yeah, from a money aspect, not from a hands on aspect. Mm. Um, I, I I don't like it's hard for me to even take the advice of my my guys that that's employed by me, so it's gonna be definitely hard for me to take take the advice of somebody that's kind of just standing next to me doing it together you know it's it's tough for me because again, I care about the people and most people only care about the money mm. um so it's it's hard for me to for me to balance that for me to say, you know let's not do this because we're gonna make an extra ten grand. I'm almost willing to take that ten grand L to make the end customer happy with my with my property. I love it. Like I see a problem and I'll be like, oh no, that you know, I, I can't go for that because my name is on this. Right. You know, like when I finish the house again, I'm in one neighborhood right now, so the people can the people that bought the house. We are talking, you know, five houses that people can literally walk out the door and say, hey Matthew, my this is messed up or this is messed up and it's your fault because you just sold me the house last year. Because you're you know, saying you're working so, in the same neighborhood yeah, exactly. where people are
2: living, so they can run up on you
1: yeah, at any time. Accessible. You know? Yeah. And and I'm not doing it just because they can't run up on me anytime, but right. you know, I still that's just who I am. Yeah. you know. I like to do stuff for quality and I don't know any other
0: way. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't no wrong with that. So what where do you see your company in the next three years? You said that you want to back up and put it on autopilot. To where your guys can work it, you could have your time and freedom back for family and the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Where do you see your, your company
1: at in the next three years? uh really just doing more um, just more flips in the year, just hiring more employees, more dedicated employees where again, I can take you know my general contractor, my main guy right now, my project manager right now, and then as well as one other guy that I got on the team. To where those different, those three different guys can go manage three other properties individually. So now we can get to the point where, you know, we triple, you know, your, we triple yeah. the work ethics because time, time really is money. And I do have people that trust in me to the point that, you know, I could probably make a call and get whatever kind of money I want, um, just because I've developed those relationships, you know, over time, you know, whether it be from from Best Buy or uh, my grandparents' friend, you know, just growing up and saw me come up or whatever. It's your reputation. Um, so yeah, so mainly we actually got had a I got an investor that went in to help me with a big cell division that we're gonna do. Oh nice. Um so that's like thirty houses. And you're so, building all of them. Yeah, we're gonna build all of them. So I wanna be able to definitely knock that out within the next thirty years that's, um, that's uh, that sense. sounds
0: like a lot of work but it so, sounds like a dope situation yeah, you ba- yeah. you basically get to create your own narrative mm-hmm. and cops
1: yeah yeah exactly, exactly. I, I mean i love the work i i can't see myself stepping away from the work i more so just want to see my people do the job just as well as i do it you know I, I really want to see people grow into you know to the point that i'm not paying you 25 dollars an hour no more mm. i'm paying you a salary of 150000 a year, and you bringing me way more than that, you know, just, you know, from from the work that you put in.
0: And that's a great so. way to to incentivize. A lot of people though, don't always want money. They just want, they they, they glorify the position mm-hmm. and the responsibilities yeah. that you give them. For sure. That actually kind of sure. gives them the, you know, the, the excitement at work, you yeah. know,
1: when you promote like that. Yeah, I, no, I don't want anybody to come to work every day and be like, I hate working for Matthew Lyles, you know? <laughs> like, you know, I want them to really want to come and then grow with the company as well. Because, again, there is no limit for me. So I don't want you to look up and, you know, you're 60 and you're still doing the same thing that you was doing for me 30 years ago. Got you.
2: you make It makes me uh, want to ask this question. Um, before you got to where you are now, right, multiple mm-hmm. properties in, doing the projects, getting great opportunity, there had to be a point where you transitioned from maybe I can do this to it's really happening. What was that? Uh, I
1: don't know. That point is like every day. Um, you know, <laughs> I like you that. Know, it, it's really surreal. Like just to think, you know, what you come from and be like, wow, like I'm doing this. You know, when I, when I look back at even like there were, we had, you know, the class selections and stuff. And I was one of the people that was selected for most successful. Okay. Um, out of five people. And even at that time, I, yeah, I'm selected the most successful because I'm successful amongst my peers, but what is really success and how do I really get there to honor this <laughs> achievement in high school, you know? So now it's kind of definitely, you know, looking more real, <laughs> you know? It's Got definitely you. looking just every day that goes past and we complete another project and, you know, we learn okay. something new about how to make this – just that much nicer or different from the next man's house or, you know, whatever it's all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's all surreal. Like, That's, it's dope. Like, That's dope. That's you dope. Know? Sounds
0: like you living in your dream, brother. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it. I love it. So I think this is a good point for us to basically um, let you guys know that here at Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur, we are going to be hosting a mastermind very, very soon. Stay tuned. We're going to post it. Um, we're going to have some real dope stuff going on. We're going dis, to uh, discuss wholesaling and exactly how me and Antonio Lisby execute acquiring homes. Um, we're going to have some credit guys that are going to give you some tricks and tips to assist you in, you know, basically utilizing your credit and turning it into cash to basically get your first project. To add, we'll be uh, doing a, uh, a ride-along to one of our properties and breaking the deal and doing a deal analysis. Therefore, you could understand how the financing works, how the numbers on the repair costs work, mm-hmm. and basically how we, you know, determine ARV and comp. So we're going to basically um, take an exclusive group of anywhere between ten to fifteen people to join us on a full day, so that we could basically empower them and help them get to their first deal, whether it's to be a wholesale deal, uh, a flip, fix and flip, and or a rental property. That being said. Make sure you t- tap into entrepreneur dot and I'll see you on the other side.